there is a demand for a voice which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man. That voice comes with truth. It's a voice of justice and ultimately the voice upholds peace. The voice is building bridges, your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities, ethnicities and groups. Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World. beautiful morning to you out there the day is sunny we thank god for this day and i welcome you to building bridges a program brought to you by tech and peace decks and supported by bread for the world welcome once again to this interesting day um i'll be your host for today and i'll be supported by the sidelines mr kabiru sabo He's here to give me a helping hand. You might be wondering why a female voice today, not to worry. I'm standing for John Red and Joseph Ojedeji, who are unavoidably absent. So today we'll make it very interesting. Interestingly, again, I have a guest in the studio who would introduce himself. Um, my listener will want to hear you. Hello, good morning. Uh, my name is Santosa Yubalagap. I'm a public analyst. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Santos Larap. You're welcome once again. And as I said earlier, the program is Building Bridges, you know. It's a program where we advocate peace, we build bridges, and then we talk about burning issues. Well, today on our public interest corner, we shall be talking about some something of interest to everybody, which is um, the security tips for those of us who would board keke well you can't deny the fact that you at one point or the other use um keke or tricycle and then we got these tips from comrade john musabala who is the secretary for tricycle rider union he says when boarding a keke take the pt number you'd notice that there are some bold numbers written on these tricycles. He says, take the number. Now, when you take the number, you either send it to someone who is uh, a trusted person that you could reach when there's a problem in case your phone was snatched or um, there was a theft or a robbery in the keke. And he said it's very, very important. Take the number, send it to someone, or write it down, pen it down, or just, just have the number. That's what he says. And then he says, secondly, before boarding a keke, look at the driver carefully. Is he a minor? Do you trust him enough with your life before entering or boarding the keke? And then he said, lastly, you have to observe... Um, the person, if you are the first to board that keke, make sure as soon as you get in, sit at the entry or exit doors. Do not be sandwiched. Now, these people can be corny. They, they have 
people kept or standing at strategic points and then they come and this one tells you please can you shift another person tell you can you shift and before you know it's just a sandwich you're in the middle and then it makes it easy for them to do whatever they want to do so this is what we have for you today on our public interest corner please do stay safe we'll take a short breather when we come back we'll continue our conversation please stay tuned In an ever-changing world, there is a demand for a voice, which echoes the thoughts and yearnings of the common man. That voice comes with truth. It's a voice of justice, and ultimately, the voice upholds peace. The Voice is Building Bridges, your radio advocacy platform aimed at building trust and fostering peaceful coexistence among communities, ethnicities, and groups. Building Bridges comes up every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. on J11.9 FM, an initiative of Take and Peace Desk with support by Bread for the World. Welcome back. It's still Building Bridges. The past few editions of Building Bridges has been dedicated to strengthening key tenants of our democratic setting with key focus on amplifying the voices and power of ordinary citizens. On this edition, we shall be discussing the ills and way forward for Nigeria's electoral system. To this end, you will recall that President Muhammadu Buhari had earlier declined assenting the Electoral Amendment Bill of 2018 prior to the 2019 general election while citing various reasons. This had a major setback to the election which was made various irregularities and electoral offenses such as toggery, vote buying, violence, among others. The National Assembly had since commenced the progress of the, of the progress of effecting irregularities in the bill pointed out to the president nevertheless various civil service organizations have have lamented the slow pace of work on this all-time important legislation to guide the conduct of future election and importantly the 2023 general election this is more so the this is more so that electronic voting can be deployed to overcome stated electoral challenges and malpractice as the case may be for more credible outcomes. Other CSOs have also pointed out that free, fair and credible elections can be guaranteed when the bill is passed into law to guide con conduct of the next general elections. With all these issues and challenges bedeviling our electoral system, we shall be discussing the emerging issues from the Electoral Amendment Bill. What is the current status of the bill? What are the challenges and way forward? What is the disposition of the president towards improving Nigeria's electoral system? 
how can citizens and CSOs better engage the government to ensure the passage of the bill before the next general election? How can hope and faith be restored in Nigeria's electoral system? All these and more shall form the basis of our discussion on this edition of Building Bridges. So, Mr. Santos, you're welcome to this program. Thank you very much for having me. Um, that being said, what is your overview of the Nigeria's electoral system since 1990 till date? What do you have to say about that? Thank you very much. Uh, and it's good that you're also starting with us beginning from an overview. Yes. And once we look at an overview, of course, it takes us back to history. And we're talking about the Electoral Act as contained in the 1999 Constitution. And that was almost the same time that Nigeria returned to civil rule. I've always told people, when people say that we've returned to democracy, then that means that you've edited the gap between military rule to what you call a democracy. Mm. Of course, there's, there must be a transition. And that transition is still what we're in. But making this statement, you find out that, yes, of course, once you're looking at the Electoral Act as it is and contained in the Constitution, you also find out that in itself, the elections that brought President Obasanjo as he then was, 1999, right to his re-election into 2007, Nigerians' 1999 election was virtually like a military election yeah. that brought him in. Yeah. The civilian election that we had was in 2007 that brought in late Eradua president that of course would have made a lot of changes because even while he was president in 2007 accepted that yes the elections were marred with irregularities and that led to even tribunals bringing down about five pdp governors then in nigeria because of that election but again it was also challenged in the courts right up to the supreme court uh, possibly the wisdom that they had, quote-unquote, whether wise one or otherwise, allowed it to transit from 2007. And when we lost him in 2010, as soon as he got into office, one of his first was to inaugurate an electoral reform panel by Uwais. And they had their zones and they moved around. And with Mohammed, Justice Mohammed was Uwais, uh, then in that panel, and Jega was also a part of that panel. Yeah. Their commitment, they brought out about 16 points. And those points still are the same things that we're still going back and forth on it. Then we came with the Jega era mm. as INEC boss. Mm -hmm. But again, I know that maybe the question will come so that we go back to those points that they brought. But some of those points were about the independence of INEC, their financial autonomy, independence of the candidates, and then the aspects of what we still are battling with, how many years down the line now? So then we saw a Jega's era, and Jega also tried. Uh, if you're going to run an analysis of those who really, really tried to change the electoral quackmare and the electoral zigzags in this country, there's no way you would remove the name of Jega. Mm -hmm. And Professor Jega tried. And during his time, he was able to bring on board and bring changes, restructuring of the commission itself by bringing key areas within the commission. Because, of course, if you really want change, you must start with yourself. And he started with it in as much as, as a den, it would have crossed parts of those who didn't like it. For the 10 years he served as INEC chair, we saw a lot of changes. He was one person that tried as much as possible to increase 
the delimitation of pooling units. As a then, he had suggested for 35,000 more pooling units to be added to what we've held for more than 25 years. That is the 1,109. 979 pooling units, which if you approximate it and round up, 120,000 pooling units. Today, it is still the same thing that the present Yakubu, who has also not allowed for changes here and there, even as INEC chair, they would pick the ones that would fit them and their masters in terms of... And that is why when Buhari in March, three times he rejected that bill. And the Senate, the National Assembly, didn't get him to do the right thing. Of course, there is time limit where if you send a bill to a president, it's either he raises the observation, sends it back to you, you look at it, and then if it is needful to the big picture, the big picture now we're talking about the Nigerian state in terms of the electoral process. If it fits to help and then meet up with the big picture, of course you adjust it. Nobody is perfect. So that in March, in September, and in December 2018, Buhari, because the election was in February, mm. and all Nigerians knew what happened. Mm. This is one election where there was a joint election between the presidential election and the National Assembly election. And when they saw that the th- tides were going against them, they canceled that election. It was Mahmoud Yakubu that canceled that election. And in that cancellation of election, it gave windows for them to do what they wanted to do. Of course, they knew they were going to cancel it because I was also part of that election. Not until we had finished all that we needed to do, coming back for the election in just about a few hours, it was around 10 p.m., 11 p.m. that I cancelled it. So, so you said it was going against them. Of course. We'll, we'll get to that. We will get there. Yes. Because I was also in that election. Okay. Not as a supporter, but as a candidate okay. of a party. So let's take it gradually. Yeah. But I want... I'm okay. almost rounding up okay. the history because it's an overview that okay, you want yes. of the electoral process. Yes. And here you also see clearly... That even in terms of what we have today, I wonder, most Nigerians, we don't put our eyes on the ball. Already, they've gone through to do a delimitation. And already, the Senate, in also what I normally call the region circle in this country, how they begin it, it starts with the law. They're engaging Nigerians with what they call a so-called constitution review, that they are always not there to take the notes that people want. When they come, how important is it? You came for a review. And then you come and then the hours you're supposed to spend, you don't spend in giving that review. You instead go to be visiting governors and the rest. How will you ever get the right thing? And it was the same deputy senate president who said that in July. And I said this on one of our pro- your programs. No, uh, no, one of the programs on JFM. I guess one of the news agencies, but I mean JFM. I think it must have been JFM. Okay. And the point was that he was just putting a date that by July... They would have gone through all and then brought in a draft of what should be amended in the, elect- in the Constitution, which also includes the Electoral Act. But here we are. How far are we from July if God leaves us with life and good health? So I said that was not feasible. Today, we're faced with having from voting centers, which also provides the second rule, because they created voting centers in 2019, 2018, and that was used as windows for rigging. The first election in this country where a presidential election and a national election were conducted on the same day, but the presidential election's vote was more than that of National Assembly put together. People have not taken time to do an analysis of this. Again, you also find out that where you now find out that over 30 in terms of the votes that went for a president, and then you got less for 
people who were going to represent them in their clusters and closest to them. Today, we have 172,000 pooling units as of two, 10 days back, uh, to be precise, that INEC has created 52,000 on the 120,000 pooling units. They converted the voting centers they created into pooling units now. And people should understand that voting centers don't exceed 200, 300 votes. Pooling units don't exceed 700, but it starts from 500. So imagine the margin they've now created. And then people have also not gone through their state pooling units where they created them, how they created them. Do they have the population to create such pooling units? And Nigerians think that 2023 is going to be free and fair. It won't be because already the trajectory of the region circle, mm. they've reached the third stage. And the fourth one is also the aspect of what you call the issues of you don't get people to be ready. You said they are registered electronically, but you don't verify voters electronically. We'll get there. So here we are. Yeah. This in itself serves as there have been little adjustments, but those adjustments were not adjustments that would make for major shifts in terms of where we were in 1999 in terms of the electoral process. There have been adjustments, just as you said. So yes. Now, my next question yeah. is... What then is this Electoral Act Amendment Bill and what does it seek to achieve? The Electoral Amendment Bill is like the Bible, if you're a Christian, mm -hmm. that guides your living. You cannot go outside the template. It's like a constitution in a country. If you're a Muslim, it's like the Quran that you hold tight to. Mm -hmm. The Electoral Act, when you come to electoral processes, for as long as it doesn't go into conflict, with the constitution then it stands but it, it stands to guide processes that would lead to elections and elections of representatives elections of leaders of a country so that serves as the template and the guiding rule for so it's very important there is no way you would joke with and that is why there are segments of the so-called electoral act that are already in conflict with the constitution for instance, when you talk about qualifications and disqualifications, when you talk about issues of nominations, the political parties extort people and collect monies from them. And I ask people, if you say you're a card-carrying member of a party, you've already shown your expression that you're one there. So why should you buy a piece of nonsense called a piece of paper called expression of interest for hundreds and thousands of naira? The same thing with a nomination form. There is a process within political parties. But because we do not have internal democracy, that INEC is supposed to supervise parties as contained in the Electoral Act for them to also supervise parties when they are doing their primaries instead of selecting stooges and pawns on a chessboard that would lead to implementing what would be detrimental to the people, you find out that it's also a circle of bringing bad leaders that would always play to the tunes of their masters. So the Electoral Act is a very key document and not until it is amended we will hardly get out of this mantra of fake and then all this mantra of what you call rent seeking leaders or rulers or pedestrians like i call them quote unquote so if it's amended do you think it will help in checkmating the uh, electoral offenses it will help seriously because there are sections that talk about electoral offenses and then the punishment should be strengthened and stiffened so that those who involve themselves in vote, for, for instance, vote buying, whether it's a political party or ballot snatching, which is now the trick and then which is now the business, that they also get the young ones 
to be involved in because they give them peanuts. They give them stipends. And they won't get their kids to go for vote buying or go vote snatching. They get the kids of poor people because poverty drives them to those issues. But again, once you amend the electoral act, you will never have a perfect document, like I tell people. But again, we keep moving with the amendments, and there should also be a routine kind of amendment. That if you're saying that in five years, in ten years, there should be an amendment to a law that governs elections, what it means is that in two tenures, you would have noticed the gaps, and you would have noticed the windows to which you didn't do the last amendment to. And then we keep sharpening ourselves, because iron sharpened iron. And for as long as what they're going through now, they're just getting Nigerians engaged. But they are not really after amending the Electoral Act. So does the amendment, does it affect or will it address the issue of financial autonomy? Yes, it should. It's also, there is also a space in the Act that provides for the independence. You cannot call something independent, National Electoral Commission, and yet they are dependent in the appointment of the chairperson of INEC, in the appointment of the six zonal commissioners, in the appointment, governors are the ones who are appointing Rex. A governor chooses his person to go and be a Rex somewhere. This, there's no independence to INEC. They are not autonomous. They're still dependent. So I think that they should change the name of INEC to DNEC, Dependent National Electoral Commission. That should be it. Because, of course, he who appoints detects the tune. He who feeds the hen detects whether he will take 10 cons or 20. So if you give it, for as long as you withdraw from him, he follows you. And that is exactly what they're doing with INEC. INEC should be a people's team. People should be able to nominate the commissioners based on a template. So if you want to be a rec commissioner from your state, at least we should have three representatives from each state if you want to go with the quota system. And from those three, by their rating, it should be a Vox Populi team, the voice of the people. So if I'm not fit and you're fit, the template should speak to that. So if you want to be a rec, there should be guidelines, there should be qualifications for it. Then you should also follow through your tracks. If you were once serving, you worked somewhere, not to pick motopark guys around mm. or people who don't have a mind of their own, not to talk less of a mind that would defend the public interest. And then you give them serious positions. It's not their fault. And like I always say, when misfits are fitted in fit positions, what is the end result? What do you get? The outcomes, of course, would be in the negative. So for us, and for me as a person, of course, others also share in the opinion. Others would disagree. But the truth about it is that if you really want INEC to be independent, it needs a total overhaul. And the total overhaul starts with the people. Let the people select those who will go and represent them, and let them have the power to call them back in terms of remove them, not that a president appoints you, a president, the federal government gives you money, and we claim we are running a federalism. Institutions are not even autonomous because they are tied to the center, and then you send them to the states. And let state INEX, because governors are also not exempted from this same charade that we're going to, they appoint those who cannot say a word, and then at the end of the day, they just sit down somewhere and write the results even before the elections. And we see how it goes. But again, when people think that what goes around doesn't come around, it will. It's just a matter of time. So can you tell us what, which part of the bill that, uh, needs amendment now? Uh, there are so many parts. Uh, like I said, the 16 points that then... Jega. Jega. Yeah. So for me as a historian, mm -hmm. 
and a public commentator is that you can never bring change if you lose your history. So for the fact that we have a history of these reforms on the Electoral Act, let's go back to the history of it in 2010. And once you go back to 2010, you'll find out that out of the 16 points that then on the Justice Ways, a very sound legal luminary and the panel with people like Jiga and the rest were sound persons and they did their job objectively. Go back to it. For the ones that have been addressed, for the ones that have been overtaken by events, drop them. For the ones that are still subsisting and will change our template, bring them on board and change those clauses in the Constitution. I see no reason why you would tell me that someone who thinks he has something to offer must go through a party structure where you have riffraffs, quote and unquote, with all due respect to those who are of quality in parties, and where you have people who have no calling. Their only calling is that they are traders on the street. And those kind of traders is not that they buy and sell but they sell the will of the people for pittance. And here we see that bring those ones up, and then all the other reforms, all the other amendments that they've taken taxpayers' money, like the last one they did, and then those monies are not giving any results, and Nigerians are keeping quiet because we do not look at transparency and accountability. People just sit down, will our collective tax to what will give them money in their pockets rather than what will give security to the land. So there are those points that need to be amended. And once you look at the aspect of what there are issues that we need to also mention, and these issues are straight on. Of course, the channel of distribution of electoral materials should be strengthened, should be secured. That is key. Because if the electoral materials from its point of production to the point of its distribution, in whose hands, what is the punishment if I am given electoral materials and I go and sell them? What should be the punishment on me? When you slam a life imprisonment on someone like that, you know that nobody would want to go for life. Because there must be, there must be punishments for misdemeanors. The other one is that let's improve transparency and what you call the collation and transmission of election results. Yeah. So in one word, because the president had refused to accent this bill, do you think this bill should be amended? Do I think? Yes. The bill must be amended. It the won't. bill must be amended. Okay. The president doesn't own Nigeria. Okay. He is also a Nigerian. The same citizen status that you have is the same I have and the same he has. Okay. So he is a servant of the people. He is not a leader of the people. So the bill must be yes, amended. Yes, the bill must be amended because it's a Nigeria's law. Okay, let's get um, our audience view or opinion on this. We will be opening the phone lines and the number to call us is 90 That's six in four places, nine nine. Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. All right. So our lines are open. Please do call us. Let's hear your opinion. Let's have. Let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, maybe before the call comes, your last question. Yes. Uh, of course, you also see that there is need. Some other issues that are related to the electoral act is that we should also have greater use of technology it's not just enough to say that you want a system to allow for electronic voting the process that will lead you to the electronic voting must also be electronically in terms of voter verification in terms of the issues of what you call voter accreditation and verification because if you don't verify and accredit voters electronically the use of your so-called 
what do you call it electronic card reader is useless and that is also one of the points to which you're looking at the aspect of a rigging lens in terms of the visual circle of rigging so we have a call yeah We should also have electronic voting, like we keep saying, but it's not only in the voting itself. It should also be in the storage of data so that you can hold people responsible. So that once you have like an election center, anybody voting, it will just automatically change. So if you vote for X party, the vote of X party will just change with one. If it is 10, it comes in. And there is no way you would tell me that banks are using numbers. I don't even think that we need any electronic. Once you don't have a BVN, it becomes a problem because that's a central system. Okay, let's pick this call. Yeah. Hello. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Yes, good morning. Can you get me? We can get you. We are hearing you loud and clear. You're loud, right? Yes. You see, pertaining the issue of problems in Nigeria today. Uh, 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 where we are getting huge problems, you can see executive is interfering in the election of, you know, the legislative uh, uh, presidential election. We don't know. It's only in Nigeria can only see this happening. Where even they can, they will, they will go ahead to elect, to elect somebody who will be answerable to the executive. That's why you see even the legislative arm today, they cannot even impeach, they don't have power to impeach uh, the executive because of too much interference of the executive within the legislative system. Hello? You run again to the judiciary part, you will see executive giving appointment to somebody who is according to his test, not for the public, not for the people of the national level of the country. That's where we are getting huge problems today. You see, if you look at our uh, judicial legislative today, people are, you know, uh, 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 shouting for the impeachment of the executive, but as if um. their ears are closed, while we are suffering. People are suffering here and there. There's nothing to talk about. Hungry is killing the nation, insecurity everywhere. And we don't have mouth to talk because of the overpowerment of the executive within the legislative and the executive. All so right. how can we not Thank suffer? You. Thank you very much. Even though we didn't get your name and your location. Hello? All right, please, whenever you call, you tell us your name and then your location, and then please, you move away from your radio set. Sorry, Mr. Santos. You yeah, so you'll find out that there are sections in the Electoral Act that need to be amended to give financial autonomy. Like, if you look at Section 3, it talks about the financial autonomy. And then you also look at Section 71. It also talks about the issues of posting of election results. And it's a pyramid thing from the polling units but how many Nigerians know the rights? That has also been amended by Yakubu, who is now the, the, uh, the INEC chair. But again, you see, from the question here... Uh, okay, sorry. Sorry, let's pick yeah. this call. Hello? Hello, good morning. It's Radio Mama. I don't know who's calling from Lancer. Radio Mama, good morning. Good morning. Yes, you have spoken very well. Thank but you. I want to start this way. William Shakespeare, in one of his books, says, no legacy is as rich as honesty. 
Yeah. And some of your person also further expanded it by saying that honesty involves integrity, equity, and fairness. And that is what is lacking in this particular uh, dispensation. Then the National Assembly, as far as I'm concerned, is our greatest problem. Remember that they told us that anything that comes to their table they will, from the presidency, they will not uh, I mean, uh, query it, they will just pass it. So my question to you there is this. I learned that when they, if they, if they amend the electoral act, if they amend that bill, and they send it to me some president, and he refuses to pass it, that if all of them agree on it, if they are working for the national interest instead of party interest or personal interest, that after some time it becomes law. Is that true? Because if it is true, then what is happening? Then it means there are a problem. That is why the president does what he does, because he knows that nobody is putting him in check. They are just a, a more or less a rubber stamp. I've, I've given up on the national assembly, just like your, your guest said there. This uh, concession, whatever they are going around, is just to buy time. I said, I'm concerned. I'm not saying that could happen. Thank you. Anyway, so all the same. I, I, don't, I haven't given up on my idea. Thank you so much, thank Radio you, Mama. He would respond to your question right away. Yeah, fine. Uh, thank you, Radio Mama, for the value additive in your statements. The truth about it is that you find out that, yes, at the level of the National Assembly, when a bill is before the president, once it gets to him, I think it's 60 days maximum. Yeah. If he rejects it, he, 60 days, two thirds. You don't need the whole of the National Assembly. It's just a two thirds which also gives rise to the representation even by the population of Nigerians. But again, for the first um, um, caller, if I picked what he said, which I will also tie to what Radio Mama said, we shouldn't lose hope because as you sit there as an electorate, you have a right. First, if we see that the National Assembly is a bunch of people who are just come and chop, what we should do is to recall them back. And once we recall them, and we bring up the status of recall, power of recall, which is also within the law, the electoral law. But again, how many of us have used that in our constituencies? Instead, Please, let's hold your thoughts there. Right. We have a call. Hello. Good morning, my sister. Good morning. This is a Jude Sat for Unity Junction. Hello? Jude Sat for Unity Junction. Okay. Jude, please go ahead. My sister. Uh, the problem we are having in this country is that uh, our leaders are not helping matters. What prevent our president to sign that electoral deal that they are telling him to sign things so that we can have a credible election in the country? What stopped him from signing it? Let me tell you, all these things that contribution we are making and what we, without signing that deal, we can never get election right in this country. All this is because, because from police unit before it reached Abuja, they will change they will change the figure of the people's people's voice. So without signing that in all these things that we are we are just wasting our time. Let Mr. President, if you want a credible election in this country, let him try to sign that deal. God bless you, my, my my sister. Thank you, Mr. Jude, for that. Yeah, uh, for for Jude, and then the other one that I said I was going to respond. Yes. He also has added it. Yes. It's not only the problem of those leaders. It's also our problem as followers. We also have rights. The people's power is in their hands. And what is the power? It's not about violence. It's about looking at the processes that will bring these people to order. That if you have a House of Reps member in Abuja, you have a House of Assembly member in the state who should check the governor in the executive arm. And because he wants to go and take some Ghana must go or take some incentives from the governor or from the president, you can imagine a Senate president saying that whatsoever a president brings, that is Lawan, 
let me not even speak to the office, that they would sign it. And then other members from other constituencies keep quiet. What it shows that they do not also believe in themselves. They don't have trust. Like Radio Mama said, the truth about it is that you must cultivate a trust in yourselves as legislators. And then the big picture is that you're not serving the president. You're serving your people and you're serving your country. So for us is that we should also be able to invoke the powers that are in the hands of the electorates. Okay. Let's pick this call. Hello. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, go ahead. Hello, come again. All right. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I want to ask a question. What is, what is so hard for the president to sign into law this electoral act? What is so hard for him to do? Is he advocating for total tenure that he don't want to sign it so that the way he came into office in 2019? We still want to come back in that regard. And I want to say sincerely, we are going to vote and we have been voting. But INEC is the problem of this country. INEC is the problem of our nation. People will vote and they will vote their candidates, but they will go on in their own direction to change. If you look at the way they announced the last election, it was few people that rejoiced and celebrated. If all of us voted the president, why are we not happy when they announce the election, when they announce the results? Please, if there is a way that these people can be forced to sign this electoral act, they should sign it so that we have a guide for the betterment of our future, not Thank for you. their immediate. Thank because you so what much. they are doing is just reactive and not proactive. They are not planning for the future. They are not planning for the immediate. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This is my take. Thank you so much. I think we have another caller. Hello. Hello, good morning, my presenter. Hello, good morning. Yes, uh, I'm Madam Queen uh, from Abatua. Madam Queen from Abatua, please go ahead. Yes, good morning to you. Yes. Thank you, Madam. I, I really appreciate this thing because she has really said a lot and she has set my mind. You see, why we are suffering in this country is because the, 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 the people in power, they, like Mr. President, we know how he suffered due to the, 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 the lapse in the electoral system. And what I, what I expected of him is immediately when he gets into the office, work on this electoral amendment bill. But up to today, he has refused to, to, to attend to it just because of selfish interest. And that is the reason why we are concerned. It's only in this country that we are not going forward. Everything has gone global now. Everything now has gone electronic now. Why is it that we cannot have election? We, we, we will suffer ourselves. We will waste our time. We will waste our energy. So go and stand in the sun. Thank you so, so much. So make sure that we both say this is the person we want to represent Thank us. You so and much, at the Madam end of Queen. the day, that person will not be the person of the choice of the people. Thank because you. of selfish interest, they will not allow the system to be what it's supposed to be. Thank you so much, Madam Queen. That's the much we can take. Let's have your response, sir. Yeah, like I was saying, you see, the truth about us coming on radio by virtue of those groups like Taken to speak to public is for the public to know their responsibilities. That for if we keep saying that we're, we're putting people in the place of God, they're human beings like us. And once you go and vote, you don't mandate protect your vote, why won't I agree it? There are laws, and the laws are that if you vote, you shouldn't go 
you should stand and protect your vote. So if from the polling unit, at least you can move it to the ward coalition center. Not to fight, but make sure that what you brought from your polling unit are also announced as that. So the you, program is drawing to a closer. How yeah. can citizens and CSOs better advocate for the passage? The citizens and CSOs can definitely, they must, they must participate in what produces their leaders, if they must call them leaders. You cannot deny people, they also have a right, now as it is, that they've started this rigmaroling and going around. The people have a right to call their representatives to a consultation to, in the constituencies and tell them if this electoral act, we need to see the draft so that we will also take, tell you if you don't go and vote, if the president refuses to sign, you must vote in the red chambers, in the green chambers that he must sign. If he refuses to sign 60 days, raise your hands and pass this into law. It is the people's responsibility. If they refuse to do that, recall them. By the time you recall them, but again, when we come to issues of recall, people bring, he's from my denomination if you're a Christian. He is from my denomination if you're a Muslim. No, he's from my village. He is from my local government. He is from my zone. They don't like me. Once we have that in the presence of our mind, we'll never go anywhere. And we should stop blaming the leaders who are ruling us because they are leading wrongly and the people are allowing them to lead wrongly. Mr. President, don't sign. And we send it to you. And you never gave us the reply in terms of the aspects that you picked out on. Is it your law? It is our law. And for as long as you don't want our law to have a place, your law can never have a place. So you get your representatives to vote and veto that he's signing. So he doesn't have the final power. Only God has it. And I tell people, there is no way you go and vote and you run to your house. You vote, you mandate protect. No fighting. But you stand and follow the ballot. There will be nobody to snatch a ballot. If they are snatching ballots, do the people come from outside? No. They are the same brothers of yours and sisters. They are your cousins. But because you believe in you are in one party or the other, then you begin to fight yourselves. You know the people who do the vote, vote snatching. When they come, you don't want them to go to prison. Bring their names and let them face the law. By the time we begin to do this, we will get these things right. But we're also helping as followers to derail this country. And I wonder where we will go. 200 and something million. We will flood the whole of the West African region and the whole of Africa, not Africa. So we have no. a lot to talk about. Our craving indulgence. Let's roll this over. We'll continue next week because we've not we had we have a lot of questions. People need to be aware and let's just do this next week. Thank you. I, 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 I know you've given me your consent. <laughs> so um, he's smiling. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Oh, okay. Uh, this is what you call the ambushing hijacking. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And thanks our listeners. And um, God bless us all. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been Building Bridges brought to you by Tech and Peace Deck, supported by Bread for the World. Okay. I am Gloria Pa. Have a nice day. Mm -hmm.